You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. Um, I'm just going to you know, tell this to you a little bit, that, that joy and whimsy and celebration are contagious. Yeah. Um, some of you may remember, especially if you're on Team LFC, that we showed a video clip a while back and we gave you a book last year called Love Does by a guy named Bob Goff, and um, he's an attorney that became this lover of the world. Amazing story about his life, but they do a parade on his street every year. Just think about it. They do a parade in his neighborhood, and no one gets to watch the parade. Everybody has to be in it. <laughs> he just think it's great, and they, they find the... the, the the, elder, the most elderly person they can, and they create a float for that person. They put them on. They get to wave to the neighborhood, you know. And uh, I thought, wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? If we just create this parade where everybody got celebrated. Uh, this call to life, this call to, that Jesus makes to people that are alive physically, but spiritually, obviously they're dead because he says, I come to give you life. He says it to people that already have life. I come to give it to you, John uh, 10, more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. You know, the good shepherd puts the sheep before himself. That's what sacrifice is all about, and makes sure that um, his personal preference is not above the serving of others. We, we, we live, excuse me for being blunt, we live in a culture where personal preference reigns the day. If I don't get my way, if my personal preference isn't met, I'm going to raise a stink. Um, years ago, I had somebody do that with me, and um, I'll just let you in on the life of a pastor for about five minutes, then we'll get back to the real stuff. Uh, we were passing out water bottles and Tootsie Pops and Tootsie Rolls on the parade route, which we will do again at the Flower Festival Parade. Now, this is not like a Bob Goff parade. Not everybody gets to be in the parade, but... Many people come to watch the parade. And uh, we were gathering here, and we were getting ready to go do our water distribution and all the stuff that we do. It's all free, no strings attached. Um, and this one lady came to me after the event who's from the church and said, I just think that's stupid. That was her word. And um, all the you know, leaders and friends of mine all left, and I was standing there all alone. <laughs> And it was, a, it was a verbal right cross and a left hook and, a, you know, an emotional uppercut. And I just stood there and listened to this lady tell me why giving people free stuff was stupid. That we could take the money and, and put it into feeding the, the under-resourced, which we do on Monday nights. And that we could give the money to missions and it's all about souls. And so I, I, I tried really hard not to be defensive. I don't know what you would have done in that moment, but, but I was a little... Defensive at the end, and in the initial part, I wasn't. I just let her, oh, 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 another one. I said, can someone help me? No, they all left. <laughs> and um, I told her the story about this one family. When I was on the parade route, um, it was a, a man and his wife and three children were all there sitting uh, on the curb. And I don't mean any disrespect. The, the, the gutter area where they were sitting was not very clean. And there was weeds along the curb. And, uh, but they were, they were seated there enjoying this parade. And if you've ever been to the Flower Festival Parade, I commend the Flower Festival people. 
A lot of cities have stopped doing parades altogether. It's just too expensive. It's too much work. It is nothing, however, like the Rose Parade, and, but it's our parade. And I looked at the man's hands, and I could tell, obviously, he worked in construction, but by the look of his boots, he probably was a field worker. And he was there with his wife, who didn't speak any English, and there with their three kids, um, and here I am giving them Tootsie Pops and Otter Pops for free. Okay? I doubt he has two nickels to his name, and um, while I'm giving him these little gifts, um, he reaches in his pocket as though I'm going to take money from him. And I said, oh, no, senor, todos gratis. By the way, my Spanish is horrid, but todos gratis, he understood what I meant. And um, then, then he looked at me and I said to him, uh, uh, God, God loves you. And he said, thank, thank you, thank you for blessing my family. And I tried to tell this lady who thought I was stupid and that we were stupid for doing such a thing, but this gentleman on Ocean Street got this. He got it. And um, then, then I, I, I did what I did when I used to go to the dumps in San Diego, uh, from San Diego to Tijuana when I was in uh, high school and my first two years of college. We used to go on Saturdays to the dump, and I was in charge of lice soap, not not life soap, but lice soap. I used to wash the kids' hairs that had lice, and we used lice combs and gloves, and I used to wash their hairs. And I, had, I was known as a chicle man because I had gum in my pockets. And, and I used to sing to the kids, Jesus, yo te amo, Jesus, yo te amo a ti, porque tú me has salvado, porque tú me has salvado, Jesus, yo te amo a ti, cha-cha-cha. And, and, uh, and I, I sang that song to the gentleman on the street. My Jesus, I love you. My Jesus, I love you. I do because you have saved me. My Jesus, I love you. I do. And uh, he, he got a tear in his eye. And his wife now, who understood what I was saying, she didn't think my Spanish was that horrid. Um, she, she started to cry. And I just said, God bless you. And all the children said, thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, that's why we love like we do. Because it impacts people's hearts. It's, it's, it's contagious. It's it, 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 it is fueled by the Lord himself. If you really want to live a life, you've got to live a life of love. And I couldn't think of a better topic to talk about on, on Mother's Day in the next 22 minutes. Um, actually, 20. I'm supposed to get you out early. 1 John 4, 19. We love because... Why? Why? Because he first loved us. If you think you're, you know, you're, you're so romantic and you're, you're, you're oh, I'm a great lover, mi amor. Hey, but our love all originates in the heart of God. Because the essence of God, 1 John 4, tells us that God is love. Now, we're going to be in Mark 9. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. But before we go there, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 3. It says that God is wonderful and glorious. And I would say amen. I pray that his spirit will make you become strong followers. Now, we're going to stop there because that's what a disciple is all about. It's a strong, you're a strong follower. You're not a weak follower you're not a Sunday follower. You're not a Friday night follower. You are a 365, 24-7 follower of Jesus, and you're strong, and that Christ will live in your hearts because of your faith. So catch this. Christ lives in our hearts because we believe in Christ. Okay? He lives there. Stand firm and be rooted in his love. In his love. So we talked about a root a few weeks ago that goes down deep, 
and our lives are to be rooted in his love. Strong followers rooted in his love. And he says, I pray that you with all God's people will understand what is called wide or long or high or deep. I want you to know all about Christ's love. In other words, if Christ is in you, I want you deeply rooted in his love. And when you are, then your lives will be filled with all that God is. This is when the Holy Spirit can fill you. This is when you can be empowered beyond yourself. This is when you can be a better mom, a better dad, a better friend, brother, sister, servant of Christ. We could pray all day, oh Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me. But the Apostle Paul is telling the church at Ephesus, as great as those prayers would be, that when you determine to be a strong disciple of Christ, in other words, the, 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 the Greek word is, we do what he did. To follow him means we do what he did. We are his disciples. We are disciplined disciples in the way of Christ, not following, not following after a crowd who followed after Jesus, because many people followed after him because they wanted a free lunch. Many people followed after Jesus because they, 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 they wanted their personal preference to be somehow acknowledged. Many people wanted to be healed by him or blessed by him or to say, guess who I hang out with? I hang out with, 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 with Jesus. But when we are rooted in love, when we are strong disciples, then our lives will be filled with all that God is. Now let me tell you all that God is. One word. Love. For God is, for God is, for God is love. And then love can be uh, explained as mercy and grace and forgiveness and kindness and joy and, and compassion. I pray that Christ Jesus and the church will forever bring praise to God. And in the context of these three points, and they're not in your notes, but you could write them down. Strong followers rooted in love and filled with God. Strong followers rooted in love and filled with God. That's what forever brings praise to God through the church. Not steeples and not even amounts of peoples. What brings praise and glory to God is strong followers rooted in love who are filled with all that God is. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what would happen to the city of Lompoc, to Vandenberg Air Force Base, to the county of Santa Barbara, if this group of, just, just this amount here, just, just us here and, and those in the cafe and those watching on, just, just this group here, was filled with the fullness of God, which would be this explosive love that we would live our, our lives out based, based on love in everything that we did. See, God's love is wide enough to include every person. God's love is long enough to last through all eternity. God's love is deep enough to reach the darkness of any heart. Come on. God's love is deep enough. There's no situation that's gone too far that God cannot redeem or heal. And God's love is high enough to take us to heaven. So it's deep, it's wide, it's long, and it's high. So now we're in Mark 9, verse 33 to 37. They came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, um, he asked them, oh, by, the, by the way, guys, this is Jesus talking, what were you arguing about on the road? Well, watch this. We, we are arguing about what we really don't want to say because we're embarrassed. It says that they, they kept quiet, right? But on the way, we know now from Mark that they were arguing about who's the big shot. 
Whose personal preference are we going to bow down to? Who is the greatest among us? Now, you gotta, they're, they're followers of Jesus. Don't we call them disciples? They're the disciples of Christ. And they're not saying, oh, isn't the Lord great? Isn't this Jesus wonderful? We're still trying to figure him out, but he's amazing. No, no. I want to know this. Who, who's, who's the greatest in our group? Who's the greatest in our group? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you have raised your hand and said, hey, guys, I don't think this is about us. <laughs> I think it's about him. Because obviously he's come from God and he is God and, and he, he does miracles. And So sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, um, if anyone wants to be the best, the first, he must be the very last. And then catch this phrase, the servant of everyone. Even people that you might not like. <laughs> and even that lady who told me that we're stupid. <laughs> I wanted to lay hands on suddenly and <laughs> instead I get my hand in my pocket. And he takes this, this kid. He takes this little child and he takes this child in his arms. I, want, I didn't want to put a picture up on the screen. I want you to picture it in your, in your mind. Jesus Christ, God in flesh, wraps his arms around a kid. Um, probably with sticky fingers from eating something. Probably with one sandal on, one sandal off, because he's been out playing with the other kids. Might have even had a runny nose. You ever just grab a kid whose their parent didn't clean him up? Just here, here's a kid. Boom. And Jesus grabs this child. And he says, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me doesn't just welcome me, but the Father who sent me, the one who sent me. See, Jesus uses a child as a sign of what you might think is insignificant in life. God values greatly. Um, years ago, there was a basketball team went to the Final Four, and they asked the coach how he pulled this team together for success. And he said, we have a motto on our team, and the motto is this, that good people do for themselves, but great people do for others. We think of someone being great based upon recognition or maybe a fame or fortune or how many people like them on Facebook. I, I don't know. We have technology in our country that can create an image of anybody that can actually take wrinkles off, can and shave their sides, and make them look better than they are. And we tend to idolize and even at times worship the image rather than the reality of someone. And Jesus says, stop picking on people the way the world picks people or picks on them, picks them to be first or picks on them to judge them. Jesus says, what are you ordering about? And and I've always seen them as saying, but, but, but I want to be first, Lord. I want to be the one who gets to, I want to ride shotgun. Are any of you old enough or young enough to remember when you get to ride shotgun? Back in the day, I mean the day. Back in the day. I was never really cool, but I was sort of kind of quasi-cool back in the day. And um, we used to, I lived in Burbank, and, and we would go to the original Toluca Lake Bob's where they still have Friday night, you know, 
Hot Rods come in and Jay Leno and, and, uh, and uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Tool Time. Tim. Tim Allen. He, they hang out. He brings his, you know, $400,000 Camaro and Jay Leno brings a steam engine car and they all hang out. And so we used to leave Burbank um, on Wednesday nights and we would go to Van Nuys. Van Nuys Boulevard was the cruise night. You can look it up. They still cruise there now, but back, back in the day, the day, it was, it was a 15-minute drive from my house to Van Nuys Boulevard. And my, my friend, um, Gary, I know some of this won't mean anything to you, and I'm taking up sermon time to tell you, but my friend Gary had a 57 Chevy with a fiberglass front end and a 454 and 513 gears. Um, you don't drive, well, you'd be in fourth gear across the intersection. That's how low the gears were. But it really worked great because the front wheels came off the ground. And that was fun in the day. I got shotgun. <laughs> I got shotgun because I want to see the horizon change in the car, you know. And, uh, you know, it, it took three tanks of gas to get to Van Nuys and back. <laughs> 15 miles, mind you, you know. But the thing got 1.3 miles of the gallon, you know what I mean? But man, it was cool. And, and, and if you had shotgun, that means you didn't have to be one of the six people in the back seat. This is pre-seatbelt law days, and we'd put them in the back, you know. And if you were shotgun, you could hang your, your arm out the window. Just, I mean, you, you guys, I'm sorry. Some, no, some of you are cruiser-type hot rod people. You get what I mean. There's a way to hold the wheel and a, and a way to have your, your anyway. So uh, we would do that. And then we would find girls down there in Venice Boulevard. Those were the days, man. They were good days. I got shotgun. And if you didn't ask first, you got to be one of the six or eight in the back. You know? And there's lots of people today that want shotgun. Or better than this, I want to drive everybody else get in the back. And Jesus says, if you want to be great, you ride in the trunk. I'm sorry. I'm paraphrasing. They kept quiet because they were embarrassed. And maybe, maybe nobody here has ever wanted to go before God and just be quiet. After you've had a prideful moment or an arrogant moment or you blasted somebody or you've been jockeying for position or your disciple arguing about who deserves the most prominent place. See, life, number one, is best first lived for God and then for others. Remember Jesus' words, Mark 12, Love the Lord your God with, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. By the way, if you want to really embrace being a disciple of Christ, this is, this is your verse. You love God with reckless abandon, and then you love your neighbor as yourself. And what if the word neighbor really means your neighbor? Not somebody in a third world country. It's the guy across the street that you don't say hi to. It's the person at work that drives you crazy. It's the person at the meeting that always monopolizes the meeting. It's the, it's the kid down the street who has the car that's really loud. And now the stereos are louder than the cars, but it's okay. Back in our day, we didn't have a stereo. You couldn't hear it. Oh, sorry. A couple of you gearheads, you understand what I'm talking about. So back in um, 1890 or, or 1902, we're not sure when, but a guy named Charles Meigs wrote this poem. Not as good as, as Linda Ride's poem. That was phenomenal. Uh, Lord, let me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Help me in all the work I do to ever be sincere and true and know 
that all I do for you must be done for others. Let self be crucified and slain and buried deep and all in vain. May efforts be to rise again unless to live for others. And when my work on earth is done and my work in heaven's begun, may I forget the crown that I've won while I'm thinking still of others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I may live for thee. We said this a lot around here, so sorry for repetition, but we often see new faces, and I want to make sure we're all on the same page. The, the statement we've used is, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And I owe it a, uh, credit to Andy Stanley for that, who pastors this mega church in uh, Alfreda, Georgia, and, and his heart is, the world is too big, there's too many needs, and you can't do it all. So oftentimes what people do is they just shut down. I just can't. But, but think about this. What if you had the power and the resources to change the world? It, it was put on you. You have the power and the resources and the energy and the time to change the entire world. What would you do? And so he says, and I agree with him, what if we did for one what we wish we could do for everyone? I can't change the entire city of Lompoc. It's not my assignment, nor is it the assignment of one church. We can't bless uh, the entire Vandenberg Air Force Base. We're, we're just, just one church. And even though we try, we, we, we do what we can do, we're just one church, but we do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. Now, you may not be able to change the whole world, but you can change someone's world. Let me say it again. You may not be able to change the whole world, but you can change someone's world, and in so doing, you start to change your own world. We talked last week about Jesus thinking, that greatness is not measured by self-will or self-abandonment, that Jesus thinking is the more you give, the more you gain. Jesus thinking is that life is found in Jesus and in right thinking. And we use Philippians 2 as Jesus came from heaven to earth to come and to serve and even to die a death on the cross. Number two, life is best lived serving all in love. Mark 9.35, he says, at a servant of all. And we attempt to debate what this means. Sometimes we say things like, I don't have the bandwidth for that. You know, I had somebody tell me that the other day. I don't have the bandwidth for that. Oh, get a better internet provider then. I don't know. I don't have any capacity for that. And here's, here's the response. What capacity do you have? Where are you making a difference? I, I talked to a young man recently who's studying for theology, and um, he wants to be a pastor, and I asked him this really silly question. Silly for most. I said, you want to be a pastor, so who are you pastoring now? I talked to a middle school girl who says, I'm going to be a teacher I won't be a teacher. Who are you teaching now? Go find a third grader and teach them something. Guess what? You could teach them something, and you'd actually be doing what the call of God is on your life. Well, I'm, I'm a lover of Christ, and, and someday when I have more capacity or more bandwidth or more biblical knowledge, I will actually share my faith. I'm just going to ask you this question. Who are you sharing your faith with now? Who are you making a difference in, in their life now? And I know I'm preaching to the choir because some of you are so great at doing this. But Jesus said that even the Son of Man did not come to be served, Mark 10, 45, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. According to Jesus, loving and serving does not discriminate. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm, I'm, I'm not a phenomenal historian, but I did some reading about laws in the 60s and the 70s that we changed to allow America to be more integrated and less segregated. You may remember those laws, or maybe you studied those laws in school. Um, I was talking to somebody recently uh, who's really involved in inner city uh, ministry in Los Angeles, and they said, here's what we've come to know in Los Angeles. 
where there's 119 different languages spoken in our city. 119. Because you can go from little Havana to little Korea to little Italy to little Filipino land, right? All within a mile of each other. You can, you can ride your bicycle and smell different cultures and foods within, within a 20-minute bike ride. And, 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 and here, here was something that he said. We changed the laws in the 60s and 70s, but we didn't change people's hearts. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, there is so much discrimination in Los Angeles, you wouldn't believe it. And nobody wants to really talk about it, yet would you feel it when you walk down the street? Do you guys know this? In the last 24 months, there have been more brown babies born in America than white babies. Did you know that? No, we don't know. Somebody says, well, well, we should chip them all back then I got to go back. Because my, my mommy and daddy came from Germany. My, my mom met my dad. They went to Germany. My sister was born. She was, uh, gosh, two months old. They got on a boat. My mom was deathly sick. And some Italian guy took care of my mom and dad. And a Jewish community sponsored my parents to come over here. Because here's what they told the government. We will pay for the Fettermans if they can't pay for themselves. That's how it was done in that day. So if you want everybody to go back, I got to go back. Maybe you want me to go back. I'm not going back. Because <laughs> my German is worse than my Spanish. <laughs> I'm not going back. Okay. According to Jesus... We are to love people, and he doesn't ever, and I scoured the Gospels, he doesn't ever say, you get to pick and choose who you love. He will strategically put people right in front of you that are different than you. And listen, while we are in a country where everybody wants to speak politically correct, here's my word for you, because I know that guy is going to send me an email. What if we spoke kingdom language more than political language? Kingdom language. For God so loved you. Kingdom language. God has a plan for your life. Kingdom language. We're not here to judge you or condemn you. By the way, when we expanded this, this sanctuary, we didn't have to put this entryway in. We chose to do that. This, this was enough entry. We, we chose to do that. It's symbolic. We have six entry doors on this sanctuary. And when I drive by here, when I leave the office, I think about those six doors. You know what I say? Lord, let anybody come here that wants to come here. We have six doors for a little building, six doors, six entry points. Are you kidding me? And only a couple exits so you can't get out. <laughs> huh? Hey, I want to make my life like that for people. I can't, I can't sit with everybody in the church. We have too many people. I can't sit with everybody on the, uh, at the security forces where I'm honorary commander on the base. There's like over 600 of them. I, I, I can't. But I, got, I bought a, a cop on the base, Burger King, one day. And I got to hear his story. He hates being a military cop. He scored low on the aptitude test, sorry, and they gave him a gun. <laughs> sorry, I, by the way, that's not an insult on law enforcement. 
They just needed him to guard something. I don't a molehill or something. I don't know what he guards. He said, sir, I'm from New York. I have no family here. I'm just here. I'm going to do four years. I don't know if I'm getting out. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I said, here, have another cheeseburger. <laughs> and that lady would say, pastor, that's stupid. Uh, he didn't think it was stupid. So we sat in the parking lot at Burger King. I got to put my hand on his shoulder and pray for him. I thought that was phenomenal. Love serves with no thought of reward, and I've got 60 seconds left. Then he took the child and set him in the midst and said, whoever receives one of these children, see, what could this child do? What would be the return on investment from this kid? Zero. And when, when, and when we, we, we served this week at the police event on Wednesday night, they're having this food truck thing. We're going to be there serving some of us. And, and then we're all going to come. We invite all of you to come on the festival parade to do that thing that that woman thought was stupid, but I think it's really great. And we're going to pass out free stuff <laughs> without thought of reciprocation. And I will tell you, I've given out free stuff for years. You don't always get a thank you. But that's okay. It makes them think. When we're gift wrapping at Walmart and a guy pulls out a $10 bill and says, hey, I want to make a donation. We say, no, sir, we don't take donations. A church that doesn't want my money? That makes people think. Huh? That's what life is about. See, selfishness is the enemy of love. It is. Matthew 10, 39 says, if you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, then you don't deserve me. This is Jesus. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, then you'll find both yourself and you'll find me. Because real love produces servanthood. And you know this. We're not saved by serving, but we're saved for serving. Mark 8.35 says, if you insist on saving your life, you'll lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and say, I'll sit in the back seat. I don't need shotgun. I'll even ride in the trunk. I'll eat last. Thank you very much. Or I'll forego my meal. Or I'll bless you. I'll bless you, Mom, every day, not just on Mother's Day. All the moms said, Amen. He said, oh, I'm glad he went long in the sermon because he told everybody, love us every day, not just one day. Come on. The good news, that's our life. We'll ever know what it means to really, what does he say? To really live. The motivation for serving is the love of God, and it all flows from that. God in us, the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And the Apostle Paul says in the Message Bible, without love, we are bankrupt. So, just want to encourage you to love more. Here's a challenge questions for you, and there's some outlines there for small groups, but you can always do this on your own. Where can you love like never before? Where, where's the Lord pressing you to, to love, to share, to give, to serve, to be generous? Where are you looking away or hiding from loving and serving? Oh God, don't let me run into that person today. Come on. You know? Or like one mother told me, uh, we're going away for Mother's Day. Where are you going? Anywhere. <laughs> I said, why? She said, because and I'm just being, I'm 
not trying to use the right name because I don't want anybody to feel in trouble. But uh, they said, because Uncle Joe will come over and he will ruin Mother's Day. So you know what I, I want to say to them? Why don't you go to Uncle Joe's house when it's his birthday and love on him in such a way that it ruins his birthday in the right way? Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.